And welcome to Taboo Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew, for your Hot Seat Edition Wednesdays. And today, folks, we have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking about the outcome and the earthquake effects of Roe v. Wade being overturned. And as usual, I have some thoughts I need to share out loud with you. So with that said, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back after this short break. And now to take a short break from the show to keep my promise and bring an awareness to the situation in Afghanistan, where we have nine to 15,000 American citizens who have been abandoned after the disastrous withdrawal efforts by the Biden administration. The statement that these Americans chose to stay there by Biden himself is alive from the pits of hell. He, along with other globalist leaders, would rather deflect their attention elsewhere and manipulate the rest of Americans to follow suit. However, the reality is that they are still in harm's way. These Americans have loved ones awaiting for their return in our government to make a concentrated effort to do so. This is obviously too inconvenient for our current administration, but we have to hold our leaders accountable. So this is a special shout out to those Americans and reminding them that people like myself know the reality and the truth, truth of the situation. They are not forgotten. And if there's someone out there who has a loved one stuck in Afghanistan or you're one of those people stuck in Afghanistan, you happen to hear this by one in a millionth chance, please direct message me through Instagram at Kenjin underscore express. I repeat, Kenjin underscore express. Oh, the word engine. Put the letter K in front of the word engine. Then you get Kenjin, one word, underscore express. If there's any way, and I mean it, any way I can help and pass on to my audience to bring awareness to the situation and speed up the process to re- bring you guys home. This is the best I can do. This is the only thing I know how to do, how I can help. But I'll continue to do this until there is a concentrated effort to bring them home. Lastly, to my audience out there who don't fall in that boat, don't forget to pray for their families, their loved ones' safety, and return home. And now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back. Welcome back to Taboo Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew. And folks, we have reached a post-Roe v. Wade era. It's been an earthquake, has it not? Now, where do we go from here? I have some thoughts I want to share with you today before we really get the show started, but Roe has been locked in a casket. The right to have the procedure of abortion has been decentralized, leaving the people in each each state to decide how to tackle this issue. That said, if you thought the debates before the ruling were heated, this has added gallons of gasoline to the fire. Pro-choice groups have already vandalized pro-life buildings and pregnancy centers and have disrupted church services in retaliation against their stances on the issue. The tension between friends and families will be intensified at future holiday gatherings as some relationships have been torn apart already because of this issue. Abortion is the moral dilemma of our time, in the same manner that slavery was for Americans during the early days of the country's existence. This tension ultimately led to the Civil War, 
Do I think this will be the straw that breaks the camel's back in this already divided nation? Will this lead to an actual second civil war? I frankly don't know. This is what I do know. There is an objective truth to the issue. This isn't a matter of being subjective where both sides are right. Can either side bring valid points? Only if it's based on the truth, yes. If the foundation, however, of the arguments are built on falsehoods, then there is no conversation to be held. How can anyone have a discussion when the other party has their blinders on to reality? The voters on both sides of the issue care deeply about their point of view. Pro-choicers, pro-abortionists, have their reasons for the, for the right to an abortion, while pro-lifers, anti-abortionists, have their reasons for outlawing it. Personally, it is no secret where I stand on the issue. I don't apologize for my stance either, by the way. Abortion is a barbaric practice that forces death based on existence. I'm enthusiastic that Roe was overturned and helped to see a complete abolishment of this practice nationwide. I have noticed many Christians and conservatives apologize for their beliefs since this ruling. There is no reason to apologize, nor cower to avoid confrontation. If someone genuinely believes the right to exist, then the other side needs to know. This is something pro-choicers have succeeded in. There is no confusion, no confusion as to how they feel about the procedure without apology. It is this transparency that will allow both sides to have authentic conversations that can work towards achieving real peace. That said, the conversations will go nowhere if we lose sight of our humanity. Voters on both ends are made up of flawed human beings. Their intentions are not out of malice. Granted, there are militants for both the pro-life and pro-choice groups. Though, from what I've seen so far, the majority, I've seen a lot of depraved pro-choice advocates. However, most Americans are torn on how to approach this subject. Most Americans understand that there are two human beings to consider. The mother and the child. People have experiences that have led to their conclusions on the subject. I've shared mine. But someone could have the same exact story and have a contrasting conclusion as to how they feel about abortion. It is important to listen to why and how someone came to their position. And it's okay to be passionate, provoke thought, and challenge ideas while discussing with your dissenter. But it becomes problematic when the passion turns into hostility for the other side because they don't agree. It's even worse when the hostility is turned towards someone who may not have decided how they feel about abortion yet. This is the third side to consider, the person who hasn't reached a conclusion on the subject. There is human flesh involved. Thus, it is understandable if you are reading this and do not have an opinion on the matter. And perhaps there are people who have all the information from both pro-choice and pro-life organizations, but still find themselves in the middle or undecided. That's okay. It's not my place, nor anybody for that matter to force an opinion. Anyone who attempts to do so has lost sight for their humanity. It's not worth having a conversation with someone who is truly bigoted. I speak much on this subject because I am truly passionate about it. But it is your right to disagree with me or not even listen to what I have to say at all. If you do, that's your prerogative. Now, the likelihood of changing a mind is slim enough as it is without attacking someone's character. 
One can be honest and get their point across while still respecting boundaries. If at any point someone doesn't feel comfortable talking about the subject, it shouldn't be forced. But if that person is open to dialogue, the best side either one can do is just plant seeds. I think I'm on the right side of this issue. However, there are plenty of pro-choicers who strongly disagree with me. There are even pro-lifers who disagree with my stance as not many advocate for complete abolishment of the practice. That is their right. I like for them to change their mind, of course. I won't hide that. I truly want them to change their mind. Yet, if we're going to have a productive conversation in the future and here on out in this post-Roe v. Wade era, there must be boundaries. The truth must be presented. Humanity must be preserved. Perspective must be kept. Nuance must be allowed. That is what I know. May God's hand guide us in this new era of the post Roe v. Wade. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this short break. And now to sponsor myself, me. That's right. I have absolutely no money to be made off this. Just getting the word out. Now, if you've ever wondered where I get my Thinking Out Loud monologues from, well, I'm glad you asked because they're just my articles from a Substack newsletters. Just type in the URL at kenjin296.substack.com. RP kenjin296.substack.com. Spell the word engine, put the letter K in front of the word engine, then you get Kenjin, one word, 296.substack.com. Then you can follow me on Instagram, Getter, TikTok, and soon Truth Social at Kenjin underscore express. I repeat, Kenjin underscore express. Then last but not least, you can follow me on Facebook. Type in Taboo Topic in the search bar. Look for the logo that says Honesty Equals Understanding. There's two episodes a week. I have a hot seat edition where I scrutinize an opinion or story, popular or unpopular. Do my research so to provoke thought. Remember, that also comes with an article on Substack, so don't forget about that, on Wednesdays. Then on Friday, we go over current events where I pick two to four stories I found interesting, and hopefully you do as well. Possibly more if I have a guest. Then there's a good conversation so we can cover as many bases as possible so you, the audience, have less holes to fill in understanding the truth. That's two episodes a week, guaranteed, which you can listen to this show on any platform from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, and more. So stay up to date and tune in. Don't forget to leave a review either. If it's less than a five star, let me know so I can better serve you. Here on this show, we dare to think out loud and question the narrative. Free speech triumphs your safe space because in order for us to think, we have to risk being offensive. If we want to have true peace in our society, we have to be able to be honest with each other. If we can be honest with each other, then we'll have a true understanding that will lead to real peace. Amen? All right, let's get back to the show. Welcome. Welcome back to Taboo Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew. And folks, allow me to first and foremost ask you, where do you stand on this issue? Do you support the overturn of Roe v. Wade? If so, how many of you lean pro-life? And how many of you lean pro-choice and agree with the ruling? Now, let me reverse the question of how many of you lean pro-life, lean pro-choice, but disagree with the ruling? Let me know through the social media platforms. And I ask this question because 
I have seen a lot of people who claim to be pro-life but disagree with the ruling. Weirdly enough, I've seen many conservatives even disagree with the ruling. They are upset at the ruling. I see Christians, evangelical Christians, criticize pro-lifers. And conservative Christians celebrating the overturn of Roe v. Wade. Let me tell you something. If you cannot rejoice at the fact that unborn children actually have a chance now, compared to a week ago at this point, then do me a favor. Do not ever lecture people about social injustice again. Because that is the biggest social injustice of our time. Roughly 70 million unborn children died in the hands of abortion. With the black community being their target. As some of you may know, almost all Planned Parenthood facilities are in urban neighborhoods where the population is predominantly black. And Planned Parenthood was originally called the Negro Project, started and founded by Margaret Sanger, who involved herself with the KKK. And she was pretty blatant about it as well. So, if you cannot rejoice in that, and rejoice the fact that many of these Planned Parenthood facilities are shutting down in these red states, Never lecture us again about injustice, period. Do me that favor. Now, with that said, let's get into some conversations I've had recently, mainly on social media. And let me know if you've actually had this encounter as well, where at least when you're on social media, the crowd, the reaction seems to be a lot different than the people you interact with in real life. Not in the sense that the people you interact with on social media aren't real, especially if you care about them, you actually know them. But real life in the sense that you don't talk about this issue on social media. Because I can attest to that. On social media, the majority of my interactions concerning this issue, the people have tend to lean pro-choice. And they're not happy about the ruling. Whereas the people I've interacted with in person or on the phone through, a phone through phone calls or text messages, it's been more celebratory. We're happy about the overturn. We're happy that these states are going to be able to ban abortion, this practice, a barbaric practice all around. Let me know if you've had that interaction or that scenario. And when I say I've had a lot of inter a lot of interactions as pro-choicers on social media, I got myself involved in a Facebook war unintentionally. I got sucked into it. It's I only had the intention of like maybe writing one or two comments in response to a post I saw. And then somehow it turned into an actual 
all-out debate with five other people who disagreed with me. And I have to admit, I had to concede because trying to have five different conversations going on at once in a comment section on Facebook or any social media platform for that matter is mentally draining. So I conceded and I just said, I said my piece, agree to disagree. And I've had some people that I'm quite surprised that would have not predicted to be pro-choice, but they are. You know, that's my next question to you. How many surprises have you had concerning, I did not know this person leaned this way. I didn't know so-and-so was actually pro-life. I didn't know so-and-so was actually pro-choice. Now, with that said, I do want to say that besides, we'll say, the two extremes, for lack of a better term, and I say extreme, not in the sense because at least I don't th- believe my position is extreme, but hindsight, I could see why someone would look at my position as extreme. So, for the sake of conversation, take out the extremes of abolishing abortion altogether versus abortion on demand all the way up until the moment of birth, or in California's case, <laughs> they're debating whether or not abortion, I say that air quote, They're trying to debate whether or not abortion should be legal even after birth, after a certain amount of time after birth, which is kind of ironic because I thought the whole purpose of abortion was to have the procedure before their birth. But I digress. Now, to my question. I have a strong feeling the majority of you are not in those camps and you have a... You may call yourself pro-choice, you may call yourself pro-life, but there are certain limits to that position. Everyone is on a spectrum. Where pro-choice and pro-life at times, and a lot of times I should say, they cross over. You have people who will say they're against abortion only after the first trimester. Or you have some people who will say they're for abortion for the only for the cases of rape and incest. So where do you fall on that spectrum? And why? Let me know through the social media platforms. I want to know. I want to know where my audience actually stands in this. Because even though my audience tends to be conservative, as I've stated, I have been surprised how many conservatives have actually been upset with the ruling and and are pro-choice. Or maybe they don't call themselves conservatives. Maybe they're actually more libertarian. I just don't know them that, that well. And that's pretty much the likelihood is I just don't know them that well. Given that, let's get into what this will entail for Americans when it comes to personal relationships. Now, how many people have you actually had conversations with that you actually care about, you know them well, and it's caused some extra tension in the household because you have very different perspectives 
on the morality of abortion and the application when it comes to applying it in law. And I want to make that very distinct as well. Because no matter what law we have in place, it's immorality being imposed on everyone else. So abortion is a matter of where do we draw the line and say, this is when life is worth protecting. That is the debate Americans must answer now. And if you ask someone like me, just having the attitude of, well, it's not my business, let a woman choose. That mindset allows a state like New York or Illinois or even California, where California, like I said, they're debating whether or not they should allow a air cool abortion after a certain amount of time after birth. But a state like New York or Illinois, abortion up until the moment of birth, that's what that mindset allows for. So you have to figure out if you're going to take a stand somewhere. And if so, why? And how did you reach that conclusion? And these are conversations we need to have. We need to have this conversation, as unpleasant as it may be. But if someone is uncomfortable having that conversation, we need to respect those boundaries as well. As a matter of fact, my best friend and I, very different views on abortion. But we had a moment, I want to say a month ago, where I sent him a documentary called Silent Scream. And I was like, hey, you should watch this because I wanted him to actually see the video himself because he was pro-choice. And I told him, go ahead and watch this. And he's like, nah, I'm good. And then I said, okay, well, don't. then you can't claim to be educated on the subject. And he's like, all right, that's fair. Let's not talk about this. And you know what? We haven't talked about it since. He made it known to me. He was not comfortable talking to me about it. And I said, okay, that's fine. I haven't brought it up since. And, I'm, and guess what? I'm not going to bring it up again unless he's in a position and he actually reaches out to me saying he actually wants to hear what I have to say and talk about it. That should go for everyone listening right now. It is no, it will get, the conversation will go nowhere if the person you're talking to doesn't actually want to listen. It is not in the, and is not in the mood to talk about it. It just won't work. It's okay to not talk about it. It's okay to have a conversation where it results in agree to disagree or let's just not talk about this. I'm not in the mood to talk about this. And that's fine. But if it does get arise, if it does arise, we need to be we need to be honest about where we stand. In the dissenter, we have to take our judgment out, pre-assumptions out about that person's character. Give him benefit of the doubt. Because like I said in the monologue, most Americans, they understand this is a human moral dilemma where there's two human beings to consider. Possibly a third, a father. But ultimately, it's two human beings. The mother 
and the unborn child. So it's a complicated issue in that sense. The circumstances can make a woman think about abortion and think abortion is a viable option. The temptation is there. And I get it. Especially when it comes to financial hardships. Especially when it comes to cases of rape. I get it. I get the appeal. But as one one of my friends put it, when it comes to rape, the rapist is not going to care about whether or not abortion is legal or not. They're still going to commit the heinous act. So instead of creating another victim by murdering the unborn child and further traumatizing the mother, let's help heal the mother and let's help the child as well. That's a that's a way to go about it, in my opinion. Now, when it comes to financial hardships, listen, I understand when it comes to motherhood, parenthood, financially, kids are expensive. And I believe we need to have a conversation about how we lower health care costs and health care reform in the sense of we're not focused on who's going to pay the bill. But the kind of qual, but the kind of care we want in our system. Now, if you're listening to this and you're a couple that just found out you're pregnant, you're gonna have a kid soon, or maybe you are newly parents, new parents, excuse me, and you're scared. Listen, I'm gonna give you a source you can use, and this source will lead you to other resources that will lead you to pregnancy centers or anything really that you're going to need within the first few years easily. Even for adoption, in case you need to, in case you consider adoption. So the resource, if you're listening to this and you're in that position is liveaction.org slash learn slash resources. And on this website, the link I shared with you is going to have links. They have like little categories like abortion pill reversal. And then there's another category called pregnant. And they have all these links such as option line, care net, guiding star, El Paso, carry into term, love line, human defense, national diaper bank network, national safe haven alliance. Women's Care Center, Let Them Live. There's also a category for adoption, lifetime adoption, talk about adoption, Catholic Charities, Brave Love, National Safe Haven Alliance. And there's even a category for housing help. One of them is a National Housing Coalition. That, in case you need that help, contrary to Rhetoric from the pro-choice side, where apparently, according to them, pro-lifers only care, only care about those parents, those couples, the mothers, the child, only during the pregnancy. Yeah, I call bullshit on that. And I very venture to say, 
give me one pro-choice organization that's actually contributed to reducing abortions. And do not use Planned Parenthood because that is a terrible example. I asked that question yesterday on social media, responding to a post, and they gave me Planned Parenthood. And I asked that person, is this a hill you want to die on? Considering they sell body parts of dead babies for profit and research. And they have a quota when it comes to abortions. They try to meet every year. I'm not so sure they're in the business to say they're... They're in the business of reducing abortion. Excuse me. So, just throwing it out there. For any couple, single parents, who may be concerned or feel burdened, they feel like they're alone, that's a link, that's a resource you can go to. That will lead you to other fields. To whatever you get, whatever you To get whatever it is you need. I have to admit, even I didn't know that much about it. But I did know that pro-life was very active. I just, hadn't, I just hadn't actually taken the time to look into it. Until recently. I knew it was there. But now I can say, seeing it myself, they're definitely active and they definitely don't live up to that stigma. Not at all. And listen, if you're pro-choice out there, I understand why and how you came to your position. Maybe not how in the sense, like, I don't know your personal story, why you're pro-choice. But there is a commonality for people who reach that conclusion. I understand a lot of the arguments. But a lot of the arguments aren't based on objective reality. They're based on subjective. It's subjective. It's based on emotion. And while there are many cruddy situations we can think of, the answer should never, ever be murder your own kid. I'm not so sure why that's such a controversial take, but it is what it is. I think I've surprised, I think I've surprised some people where I stand on this issue, even though if you know me, especially if you've been listening to my show, none of this is new. You could have seen this reaction where I feel celebratory. About this occasion. That Roe v. Wade is overturned and now it's back to the States. Though I would like one day for a nationwide ban of abortion. And I'll admit that. That is my dream. My utopia. (laughs) Many pro-choicers are probably going to cringe at that thought. And that's your right. I don't care. It's my opinion. I don't believe abortion is healthcare. Therefore, I think should be banned. Period. I think there ought to be a constitutional amendment. Well, I, 
see that in my lifetime? Probably not. Will I see in my lifetime whether the majority of Americans reach my position? I don't know. Most likely not. But I could say my piece. Plant seeds, as I mentioned in the monologue. And then ultimately, you can decide for yourself. Let it marinate. Listen to all my podcasts, all the episodes when I talk about abortion, all the articles that I wrote, and had a guest writer once even, talk about abortion. Decide for yourself whether or not you agree with me, whether or not the merit of my argument stands. That's up to you, and you and do the same thing with pro-choice. Don't listen to anyone blindly. You're not a terrible person if you disagree with me. You're not a terrible person if you go ahead and vote Democrat, a pro-choice candidate, either. I'm not going to judge you for that. At the end of the day... We're living the human experience and we're trying our best to move forward in society. We're trying to progress. We are fallen by nature. And I thank God for his grace and mercy because humanity, when we think we get something right, in reality, we're screwing up badly. But God is still patient with us to turn things around. And I think for the Christian right now, listen to this. If you're happy about Roe v. Wade and you support any restrictions on abortion, you support the unborn child's right to exist, and they and they ought to be protected, and you want to protect women from future trauma as well, I think you and I are on the right side of God on this one. And that's for you to digest, pro-choice Christian. Again, you may not like what I said, but that's my honest opinion, my honest viewpoint on that. Don't like it? I do this for a hobby. I've made some money off it, of course, but I don't need to do this. I do this for fun. So you don't have to listen to me if you don't want to. It's going to be a very interesting midterm. I don't think, and I guess this is my last question for the audience out there. Do you think this is going to impact midterm elections? I don't think so, because a border district in Texas that had not voted Republican in over 100 years went Republican despite the leak of the overturn. I think we're still going to see a red wave. I think economic issues will outweigh the importance versus abortion. Because at the end of the day, people vote with their wallets. So, we'll see. What do you think? And lastly, to my audience out there, listen. This is going to be the last hot seat edition for the summer. Not until August, at least. I'm taking a short break. You will get a week in review edition this week. But after that, every other episode 
you hear, everything will it'll be pre-recorded from a month ago or this month. So you'll still get content from me, but everything would have been pre-recorded this month or before. I did some crossovers, so I hope you enjoy that. But this is the last week where I'm recording in real time, where current events actually line up to the issue I'm talking about. So with that said, folks, stay tuned. We'll be back to close things out. Welcome back. Welcome back to Taboo Topic. I am your host, Ken Drew. Thanks again for tuning into today's show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation I had with y'all in the microphone. <laughs> uh, please leave a review no matter what platform you listen to this podcast from. Share this with your friends and family members. Family members. And with that said, folks, until next time, God bless.